Hello, and welcome to the first official episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his fans, his music, our obsessions, could be a little bit of all. I am Jesse Jackson, and I am honored as my first guest to have one of my fellow Bruce Buds, who I met in person at the Nashville show, Donna. Hey, Donna. Hey, Jesse. Congratulations on this uh, Set Lusting Bruce podcast. I yeah. uh, I think it's wild. Yeah, um, I'm really looking forward to it because, you know, it, it's, it's funny. Um, the Bruce community is a really close community, even though we are scattered, you know, across the world. But, um, you know, when you look at, you know, like the Springsteen documentary, Springsteen and I, and, you know, and, and all these different communities, you just realize that we all just kind of love each other and, and love Bruce. And it's this really brotherhood and sisterhood that's pretty amazing. It definitely is. It's um, it's astounding. And it's only become more and more uh, visible through social media. I mean, we can connect now all around the world, thanks to Twitter and Facebook. It is. And, you know, um, it was funny. Um, and I want to give you a chance to talk about your Bruce background in a little bit, but I, I thought I'd shared everyone the, a pretty funny story. So we had connected via Twitter and Facebook and had exchanged back and forth. And um, in 2014, I was going to Nashville to see the show, his show. And, uh, you know, I'm fairly new in Bruce world. Um, at the end of 14, I've seen him 10 times. And so, and this was the first time that I'd saw him um, really, you know, in 2012 was the first time I saw multiple shows, but this year it was three shows in 30 days, which, you know, was really a nice thing for me. So we had all made plans to meet, you know, in Nashville and I'm telling my wife, I said, yeah, I'm going to go meet these people at the <laughs> restaurant. And she's like, you're meeting people you don't know. <laughs> I said, yeah, but they're Bruce fans. You know, mm -hmm. it's, it's cool. And she's like, well, aren't you worried? I mean, you don't know these people. And I said, well, I think they're all female. So shouldn't they be worried about <laughs> meeting me? <laughs> you know, and, and uh, we met Colleen and so many other people there and we had the best time dinner and talking and um, you and I got to meet after the show and we got to catch up and talk and uh, it was just a lot of fun. Yeah, that's, that's one of the secrets to attending uh, a Bruce show or or a couple of shows in a row that that um, non fans don't realize. But you you can really develop this little community even just on those nights. That it you know it may exist outside of it afterwards or it may not. You may just. Uh, meet up with a couple people for those few nights where you're sharing that one incredible experience together. And there's nothing like it. It's, it's singular in its sensation. Yeah. Um, I have a, a real good friend of mine is uh, engaged to a, a young lady that is obsessed with Disney. And mm -hmm. I always joke with her. I go, Despite what Disney might say, the happiest place on earth is not a Disney park. It's a Bruce <laughs> concert. 
<laughs> no complaints here. Definitely agree. So, Donna, tell us a little bit about your Bruce background, how you found him, kind of oh. how many times you've seen him live. Just sure. Share, um, share to the class. I know I must have heard Bruce on the radio when I was in high school, 1985, 1986. But, you know, it wasn't until I was sifting through my brother-in-law's record collection and I came across the Born to Run album. I was just mesmerized. Um, at the time, I was trying to write a novel uh, for a 16-year-old. <laughs> That's pretty ambitious. But sure. I was—I entered a young author competition, and I was just obsessed with the English language. So I can just remember coming across that Born to Run album and opening it up and seeing all the lyrics there. Mm-hmm. I just read the lyrics first. Yeah. They they stood on their own for me. They were like it was like poetry and and then I dared to use my brother-in-law's turntable and put the album on and I was just of course blown away. Yeah. But that was that's my recollection of being introduced to him although I'm sure yeah. I heard Born on Born in the USA on the radio but uh Born to Run Run was what really struck a chord with me. Um you know, I never used to count uh, until someone asked me this question in 2012. Yeah. Then I counted. Uh, I tried to count backwards. I think I'm somewhere in the 60s. Okay. Um, Give or take one or two. Yeah. I just round off. Um, It never, never used to matter to me. Right. To... Uh, Living, uh, having the luxury of living on the East Coast, yes. you know, the states are all close together. Mm-hmm. It's it's nothing to go from Connecticut to Boston or to Rhode Island or even down to New Jersey. And we we did that a lot. I got right. to do, do that a lot. So I, I'd say that's why my numbers are so high, um, although they're not certainly not higher than you know, I, I've met people who are in the 200s yeah. plus. And um, that's... You know, to some people, numbers mean something. To me, not so much. Yeah, so I I have a – back in 1987, 88, Linda, who's my wife, and I met a young singer-songwriter named Sarah Hickman, Mm -hmm. and she lived in Dallas, and we would – uh, we saw her at a club and just fell in love with her. We just thought she was the charmingest thing. Um, She actually – um, asked me to dance. Uh, she was opening for another band and, you know, we told her how much we liked her and we said, he said, why weren't y'all dancing? And we we're like, oh, we just aren't dancers. And so when the main <laughs> band started playing, Sarah grabbed me and said, even you can dance to this song. And we danced. And then, you know, Linda harassed me and made me dance the rest of the night, you know, and then we went and saw her. And so, um, back then we didn't have a kid. And so Lynn and I would get home on Monday nights, take a nap, wake up and then drive down to Deep Ellum in Dallas. And Sarah would start around 10, 1030. We'd watch her till midnight, you know, and then come back. And so um, the same thing I, I and, you know, so now then, in fact, Chris and I, my son, uh, went and saw Sarah a couple of weeks ago and she had not seen in Chris in several years. And I mean, to tell for her first album, she put Jesse, Linda, and the baby because Linda was expecting Chris. Um, yeah, and so I can't count the number of times I've seen Sarah. 
because it, it, I've never thought about it. It was just exactly what you're saying about Bruce. It just when Sarah was in town, we went and saw right. her, and then she moved to Austin, um, like in the early '90s, and we didn't get to see her as much. But for a while there, you know, we were friends. She came to our house for Thanksgiving, and you know, we we were really close. So um, I get that. You know, I on the other hand did not see Bruce till 2002. And um, I say this often, and for those of you listening, take a drink because um, if we're going to make a um, set-lusting drinking game, when Jesse <laughs> says, you know, when people say there's two kinds of people, those who see Springsteen and go, hey, that's a pretty good show, and those that see Springsteen and go, oh, my God, I want to sell everything I own and follow this guy for the rest of the tour. Well, I was the second and became obsessed with them, so um, – and not living on the East Coast, I don't have that opportunity. Um, you know, sometimes he'll he would do Austin, Houston, and Dallas, but I never, I you know, I hadn't convinced my wife yet why you want to see him multiple times, right? Sure. Because yeah. most bands, you know, if you see them one night of the show, you've seen them all night. Exactly. And Donna, tell us if that's the case with Bruce. <laughs> That is so not the case with Bruce. Um, I do not have that sort of brain that can retain different set lists. Um, right. But I don't. I don't think he's ever done the same show twice. Um, especially if he's in one location for more than one night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I think little Steven made the joke once that we write out the set list, then we start the first song and then we throw it away. And and that's not necessarily true. I, I think they, especially during the beginning of a tour, you know, they'll have the first the first three or four songs will change very little, maybe a little bit. But, you know, it's a you know, we take care of our own, you know, we're going to start with that. I mean, and we're going to do, you know, um, City of Ruin pretty early, you know, during the Wrecking Ball tour, you know, I mean, but at the most, it's, and at, that's at the very most, 50 to 60% are the same songs every night, <laughs> you know, the other half, and that can be really being generous, the other half, and even sometimes 60 or 70% are different and different order and um so that's why for people who are not bruce obsessive uh the beauty of it and his his demeanor and the band's demeanor is different every night too that's true yeah. and they are a incredible uh entourage of finely honed musicians who can literally play just about everything I, I, from what I've seen. Yeah. Um, you know, sometimes they practice like, you know, they decided they wanted to do staying alive when they were touring Australia and you could tell they had practiced that song. They had, you know, they had an arrangement and they did it. But, um, one of my right. favorite moments is, uh, I'm from Louisiana originally and the college I attended, um, an instrumental of Jolie Blanc is the college's fight song. Mm. And so, um, and you know, when they did, I think it was Melbourne where someone recommended Jolie Blanc and he's like very obscure and they started playing it. And, you know, he's 
directing. He's like, Susie, come here. And she's the violinist, and she's doing a solo. you know. And then he pulls over the keyboardist with an accordion, join her. And, and, you right. know, it's, and it sounds like they've done this a hundred times, but they hadn't. Right. And so that's what's amazing. Um, so um, I'm going to kind of change up our agenda. Um, I'm going to talk about Bruce Funds first, and then I'm going to talk to you a little bit about albums or songs that mean something to you. But um, you kind of – you took your love of Bruce – and kind of expanded it to something I think pretty special. And I don't want to embarrass you, but um, I, I think your story is a story of how you take your love of a musician, your love of your family, and working through grief and everything, and put it all in a positive way. So tell us first off, what is Bruce Funds? Well, Bruce Funds is a phenomena. Um, it's a term now that embodies to me, um, Springsteen fans around the world who are interested in helping other Springsteen fans who, for one reason or another, would like to see Bruce on tour, who haven't seen Bruce on tour, and who may not be able to afford to see Bruce on tour. Um, it started out as sort of a crowdfunding uh, before crowdfunding had really gotten off the ground in 2012. Um, I had noticed there were really three events that, uh, in hindsight, I would say helped Bruce Funds come into existence. But um, one of those three things um, was that I had noticed when the tour was announced, uh, ticket sales were happening, and many of my friends were saying, that this time around, they didn't think they could afford a concert, even in their own backyard, um, due to a whole host of reasons. A lot sure. of a lot of people had job losses. Some were facing foreclosures, medical situations um, for their children, or for themselves, yeah. or for their um, their parents. Yeah. Um, so I was determined to get my friends to a show. Yeah. Um, I had a few tickets, a few extra tickets because one of the other events that I say came into this was um, when Clarence died, my mom was my uh, concert partner. I got her into, into Springsteen and she used to go with me. Um, and when Clarence died, my mom said she was done as well. She didn't want to see any more. Um, she has a, a whole host of health problems um, that, Used to seemingly disappear when she was at a con at a Springsteen concert. The um, miracle of Bruce's music. The miracle. I have witnessed it many times on my mother's face and body and spirit. Yeah. Um, but she she said, you know, she wasn't going to go anymore. And I said, I, I thought she would come around. So I was always buying two tickets anyway. Right. And then I would have one extra because. Mm -hmm. I would give her right up until, you know, the day before and she would say no. And, you know, I would try to sell them usually on Backstreet's ticket exchange. Right. Uh, but if I could swing it, mm -hmm. I really liked to give them away. Right. I liked to do that because, I don't know, it just made me feel the unexpected happiness of it. Yes. 
was just a very wild and genuine experience. I used to be able to say, you know, when they would come to give me the money for the exchange, I would just mm. say, oh, no, you you just ha- keep that or, you know, yeah. buy a beer or pay it forward or whatever I would say. I would just be like, you know, surprise. And they would be really excited. And I love that feeling. Right. So anyway, to backtrack, back to friends not being able to go, me having extra tickets. Um, I mentioned it um, on Twitter, which at the time was really just starting to influence me as to, hey, you know, there's other Springsteen fans everywhere. And through a hashtag or, or just through Springsteen's Twitter account, we could see who else was a, was a fan. So then you could follow each other and talk to each other. And so I mentioned that I had a few extra tickets and I mentioned friends who couldn't afford to go. And I just started talking about it with a few people. And we were all like, hey, you know what? I know somebody who fits that profile as well. And we thought, well, wouldn't it be great if two or three people could pull some funds together? You know, sometimes you don't have enough money to buy someone else a ticket all by yourself. But if you have three people who could buy Absolutely. one ticket, it breaks down the burden a little bit. Yeah. So that's what we started doing, really just a very small handful of people. Yeah. And, and it just, I, I, I'm, it still astounds me. I really, it just became a grassroots movement. I had no idea that it would grow over the two years, 2012 to 2014. Uh, we helped hundreds of fans around the world. People had extra tickets or people could give a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. And we managed to help hundreds of fans. That really is um, uh, an incredible testament to what I think is Springsteen fans taking care of their own. Yeah. To, use, to use his song, which is probably the, the second most misunderstood song of his, right? Right, absolutely. <laughs> um, you know, he, never, he, he never meant that, I'm sure. He never meant, yeah. hey, why don't you Springsteen fans take care of your own? But, yeah. but that's how I took it. I mean, that's that's how it spoke to me. Well, um, it does to me, too. And, and I look at it as... We should be taking care of our zone. And, you know, when you read the lyrics, you know, he talks about where is, you know, and asking the question. And and I think what's wonderful and and I have no problem. I I, I give money to charity for to fight cancer, uh, you know, I uh, diabetes. Um, one of my podcast partner has MS and I write money for that and there's a lot of charities I support. Right. But me there too. there is something beautiful about not trying to change the world. Mm. Just making life a little bit better for one or two people. For just one night even. Yeah. And and I did face a lot of criticism. I mean there was a lot of um negative uh vibes going around at first. Yeah. Um how can you trust people? How are people going to be able to trust you? And, and what, you know, one person said to me, what difference is, is a night at a concert going to do? Yeah. Well, let me tell you, I've seen what a night at a concert can do yeah. for my mother. Yeah. It can lift her pain. It lift her right out of her pain. 
and and she's smiling and she's dancing and she's clapping when a few hours before the concert you know maybe she was having trouble even moving so i've i've witnessed it so i knew that 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 wasn't an issue but i didn't know that other people were going to feel the same way and that was the really exciting part for me was to see as the tour went from state to state and country to country yeah other people recognized the same idea and validated how i felt and that was for me what blew me out of the water just wow you really you really do get it you really do want to help where at the core there is a basic understanding that yeah a Springsteen concert can give you a few hours of joy yeah um the other example I like to give is Mark Holtz was a um a radio broadcaster for the Texas Rangers ball game and he died in 1997 um and then his wife died in 99. Both of them died as cancer. Mm. And so Hello Wind column is the fund, and it's from their daughter. And all they do, and I don't mean that in a bad way, is they host cancer patients and their families at a Texas Ranger mm-hmm. baseball game. Beautiful. You know, and, and yes, you're, you know, so just for the day, they get a reserved parking spot. They get vouchers for food. They get a T-shirt, Ranger souvenirs, and tickets to the ball game. And I just think, you know, how beautiful for just with all this family is struggling, all this is going for one night. You just go watch a ball game, you know, because you need to laugh and you need joy, and yes. and you're, you know, and and one of the great things Donna does is, you know. And if you go to the website, we'll give it to you later. But, you know, she says, you know, we all we ask you to do is tell us why. And, you know, it's sometimes someone who's never seen a Bruce concert that have been fans for years or someone who I really my 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 husband's been out of work or my parents have been fighting an illness. And just for one night, they get to go to a Bruce show and they get to hear the power and the magical healing of his music. And they smile for that night. And what's a better thing to do? Right. And maybe somewhere down the road, they might want to help somebody else. Yeah. It doesn't have to necessarily be back into the Springsteen community, although that's fantastic when it yes. happens. Yes. But, but just, you know, maybe they'll just be driving down the road someday and see somebody who needs help or yeah. or decide to donate to some other charity or volunteer do some volunteer work at their local community center maybe it just sparks something in them that hey you know someone was nice to me once yes that's you know that to me is a great is a great possibility well i want you to know i mean this as a tribute though it looks as if i've stolen it from you and i know it doesn't (laughs) bother you but i will write we take care of our own when I'm making a charity donation to almost anything. And and I, when I, the other day I was driving for a job interview. Um, I'm currently looking for a new work home. And uh, there was a lady on the side of the interstate. I exited off and um, she, you know, had a sign, need help. And I mm-hmm. had brought a um, 
cold bottle of water that I was going to drink, and I hadn't opened it yet. And so I pulled two bucks out of my pocket, wrapped it around the cold water, and it's hot here in Dallas. And I rolled down my window, and I said, hey, um, I hope you have a better day. You know, and she goes, oh, thank you. And, you know, I saw her take the money and open the water and drink it. And you could tell she was really thirsty. Yeah. You know, and as I, you know, rolled up the window, I thought we take care of our own. And it really is about that. And, you know, you uh, you can you can make the world a better place by doing little things. And so that's just awesome. Um, I I. I know on the website you have, but I mean, you literally have um, in multiple countries helped um, hundreds of people go to a show, correct? Yes. Uh, the, the tallies escaped me at the moment, but I, I know, I know it's more than a hundred, more than 120. Wow. Um, I think more than 15 different countries. Yeah. And it was strictly all by grassroots, meaning you know, by fans, there was was beyond, there was no organization on the ground. In other words, it was all, someone would, you know, in, in Austria, someone would say to me, you know, you have two tickets. Can you help us find a home for them? And I would, um, I would stay up all hours of the night if need be and try to find either a local organization there in the, in the city, or I would use Twitter and Facebook to try to find a fan in, in that area who didn't have tickets to go. Um, we, sometimes it was contacting hospitals, shelters, um, military veterans organizations, um, just putting the word out and seeing who responded. And it became a little bit like just trust and just, just have faith that something will work out. And many, many, many times I was, just to, astounded to quote somebody we both love have a little faith there's magic <laughs> in the night right that's right that's and, right and you know what i find amazing donna is you know as this grassroots campaign starts growing you know you're having people from other countries reach out to you to say you know i i've got a couple of tickets you know, and, and I know one of the things you did is, you know, you don't have to go through me. <laughs> I don't <laughs> need the credit. You know, you can just go to a local organization right. there in your city country and say, I want to volunteer a couple. Right. Um, I did but, try to encourage that as much <laughs> as possible. Yeah. And um, I know that um, – a few, well, actually more than a few people, but, you know, would say, you know, I, I didn't buy a Starbucks um, latte today. Here's five bucks for the fund. Right. And, uh, you know, that's not a sacrifice. And I'm not kicking Starbucks. I love Starbucks. But, you know, it's just saying, hey, here's a little something. Um, you know, I kicked in a little money and I said, you know, I'm going to see Bruce three times in 30 days. And I am feeling so blessed. So here's a little money. Right. And right. and I'm sure you got a lot of messages like that. I did. I I would get um people who were concerned they couldn't give more. Yeah. And I was constantly reassuring them, you have no idea. Your $10 means everything. Yeah. Your $10 just put us put us at the at the goal to meet to get someone a ticket. Don't ever think that oh you can't give enough. 
your your single dollar, your your five dollars if you can. Just it's a huge uh, drop in the bucket to help someone. And um, I love the fact that it it takes many to to help someone. It's that takes a village type of mentality. I love that idea because it just reinforces that we should all be caring just a little bit more about each other. Yeah. And, um, it is just, you know, there's a, um, and I'm looking for it real quick, but there is, um, you know, I'm a big science fiction nerd and there's a firefly, you know, line where it says, you know, we're working together and that makes us mighty. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and that's it, you know, us together makes us mighty and it just sitting there to help us and help people, uh, doing it. Um, and you know what I thought was really funny and, and this probably is not as funny to you because it, I think it gave you an extra couple of gray hairs <laughs> is this originally was just for the wrecking ball tour. The 2012 tour, you just were going to throw together, help out a few shows and go on with your full time life. Correct. Yes, I was actually thinking I'm just going to help the people in New York or Connecticut or, you know, the Northeast. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah. And and then Bruce pulled a pulled a surprise on us all. And yes. And kept touring. Yes. My God. And, and, you know, you, and you were kind of stuck, right? I mean, because you have such a great heart and you're just like, well, okay, you know, let me, let me see what I can do. And, uh, it became, and you use the words, it's a phenomenon, you know? Yes. yes. We are now known around the world. Bruce Funds is now uttered around the world. And it's, um, a lot of people still don't know exactly what goes on. Yeah. But um, I'm trying to write it down, as a matter mm-hmm. of fact. Uh, and I hope to have um, those two years in, in written form for people to read sometime oh. soon. Well, I'll tell you what. Um, the website um, has so many stories. And, and to give you a little bit more, um, Donna started doing campaigns. Um as many people who reached out to her saying, hey, I have tickets, word got out. And so people would reach out to Donna and say, you know, this is my uh, my dad and I want to take him to a show and this is why. Mm-hmm. And some of them were absolutely heartbreaking. And so here's what Donna does. Cast your bread among the waters, right? You know, we take our uh, fishes and loaves and we feed the multitude. And, you know, she sent a post. Hey, it's XYZ Fund. Um, do you have one story you want to share? i kind of putting you on the spot here. Oh, okay goodness. You know. Yes. Um, wow. Um, one that really um, surprised me, a young woman, uh, her, her boyfriend was serving in Afghanistan. Yes. And he was expected to come home and, you know, they live with a day to day, you know, beneath the surface, the day to day fear that he may know, they, they might not see each other ever again. That's right. Um, and he had said that one of the things on his bucket list was to see Bruce. OK. Um, he was a longtime fan, but I'd never seen him. Mm-hmm. And she wrote to me 
and she she was trying he was coming home she knew the dates he was coming home and she was trying to get tickets for one of the california shows and they were and she wanted GAs specifically and they were sold out and i just remember thinking GAs are the hardest to come by yeah. i really have no idea how we could make this happen and i always say to the person i say you know, I will try my absolute best, but there is absolutely no guarantee you may, I may end up with, you know, tickets in the rafters for yeah. you. and Or no tickets. Right, or no yeah. tickets. And, you know, everyone who ever asked me for tickets was always very understanding of that. Right. There was no, there were no prima donnas like, oh, I have to have GA or I don't want them at all. Right. Um, but she said, you know, we really like to dance. And so we would really like to not have seats because we really imagine ourselves dancing. Uh, so um, I just put it out there. And honestly, I can't, I'd have to go look through notes and notes. Yeah. I can't recall how those tickets came to be, but we ended up getting GA tickets for her and, and her boyfriend who, when he came home, he proposed to her. So they were, uh, they were engaged to be married they went to the concert. I have pictures of them with the tickets. And then they got married afterwards. And it, it just was a beautiful, beautiful experience to be a part of that. And um, to go from sharing someone's hope and and belief that something is possible to actually achieving it and seeing the result of it with them, it, it's um it's a little bit of an endorphin rush there yeah to actually accomplish that so that so one of my favorite stories is um uh, springsteen and i came out in 2013 it's a fan fueled uh <laughs> though professionally made documentary and basically that's uh, a word <laughs> yes uh fans sent in you know Self-recording, selfies, some of them really good recordings, some of them not good recordings of just what does Bruce mean to them? And they told stories. And the, um, you know, the director um, took all this footage and made an absolutely wonderful movie. And my wife was, she went, she's okay, I'll go with you, but I, you know, I'm going because you love him. and. And she was, you know, a little <laughs> bit skeptical going, you know, I know how obsessed you can be about Bruce and Doctor right. Who and other things that this could just be a movie of cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> and, you know, she means that with love. And <laughs> and it ends up being, if you have not seen it, it is just a beautiful film about people loving something and it doesn't have to be bruce it is just you know my favorite is the husband who doesn't like bruce but he loves his wife so he goes to all the shows with her because he loves her um and it's just so funny because you know he's he's hilarious um and but there's a couple that had never seen him right and they talked about it and they talked about listening to his music and dancing and they said dancing just, in their kitchen yeah and we've never had a chance to see him, but we just love him. So I've set you up. Tell us what happened. <laughs> well, uh, I, I saw the movie when it opened up that weekend. And I came back from seeing that movie 
to, oh, I don't know, maybe 35 messages to me Mm -hmm. saying from fans from all over the world, from Europe and the U.S., we have to get that couple (laughs) tickets to a show. I can't believe they haven't seen him and they're in this movie. They were just, that was the global consensus. I can't believe it. And I will stress, when you see the movie, you'll agree with us. They did not feel sorry for themselves. No. They felt like they were just as hardcore fan as anyone else. Yep. They they loved Bruce and loved his music. It was just, oh, by the way, you know, never seen him. Right. You know. And a lot of those messages to Bruce Funds had donations attached already specifically <laughs> yeah for that couple mm-hmm. they're like earmarked for they used to call them the kitchen dancing couple right. in the springsteen and i movie yeah wow i i how do i find these people <laughs> i have no idea right so i tried to track them down i i actually had um a very good email string of email conversations with um the assistant to the director of the movie mm-hmm. who helped put me in touch with, with that couple by, by email. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there were many people interested in helping. And um, at that time, Bruce had no U S dates left Yes. in the tour. He only had Sao Paulo and um, Chile, right. Santiago. And we were, I was strictly focused on getting local people to a local show. Right. That was 99% of what Bruce Funds was geared to do. Absolutely. And I had donors saying to me, we can get them plane tickets yeah. to Chile. Yeah, we have either airline Chile. points or we have cash yeah. or we we can get them there. I was blown <laughs> way by how affected the Springsteen fans were by this short little clip in this movie to help these people. Yes. The generosity people were showing was overwhelming. And I did everything in my power to try to make that happen for them. Yeah. But they did not want to see him. And they turned the offers down multiple times. Yeah. And, you know, they explained it very much that this was, they were touched by the generosity, but they felt, and I think they even used the words, right? There's, there's people better deserving than us. Yes. And, and there are people more deserving of your hard earned money yeah. than we are. Yeah. And that floored me. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I think they made a joke. Hey, if Bruce wants to, you know, send us out, we'll go. But just we just don't we would not enjoy the experience. And I thought that was in a way even a more perfect ending than if they had actually gone and seen the show. Uh, You know, to to some extent, I agree with you, Jesse. Yeah. But, you know, there is there is a little part of me that that was able to see the donor side of it. They, you know, there, there's a joy in the donating that, you know, they, those, those people that I returned the money to those people because they had it earmarked specifically for that couple. So, you know, I can see both sides of it. That's really the, the well, and, and I think I can too. I mean, I certainly understand. Um, it is, it is sometimes hard for all of us to, 
accept help, you know, and so um, that's, I, I just think that was a fascinating, you know, chapter of kind of your, this, you know, phenomenon as you talk about it. I learned many lessons. Absolutely. Many. <laughs> so based on all that, is there anything specific, uh, is there specific Springsteen songs, albums that oh. mean the world to you? Are there quotes you go to on a regular uh, time in your life? Um, I'll give you an example right now. As I said, you know, I'm um, fighting a, a, um, a period of unemployment. Um, and, you know, um, I play better days a lot. I, I remind myself that, you know, life is a journey. And if you keep focused on what's going to happen next, you're going to miss what you're happening right now. And I've, I, I do, I keep that in mind a, a lot. Um, I also play dream baby dream before every job interview <laughs> and that isn't written by Bruce, but I love that version mm -hmm. and, you know, is just, it's so calming and gives me. So, um, how about yourself? Well, the entire Nebraska album, you know, it's, I've heard it say that, that it's the most depressing album ever, but actually after I listened to the entire album, if I'm feeling a little blue, yeah, I feel better. Yeah. So for whatever reason, it works that way for me. Um, I don't know if you just have to go through and cry it out or what, but uh, Nebraska is definitely a go-to uh, source for me if I'm feeling uh, blue or I need some encouragement. Um, I really like "This Is Your Sword." Oh, yes, I, that was you were the boss as well. And um, I, I just recently re-listened to your uh, five songs, for those of you who don't know. Oh, yeah. East Street Radio uh, lets fans um, uh, call in, and they schedule time, and you get to be the boss. You get to pick five Springsteen songs, and you they play them, and you get to explain why you picked them. Yep. And um, uh, for the 40th anniversary of... Um, the um born to run someone ranked all their songs and um this is your sword was on the lower end and it took everything i had not to uh be one of those people that you know <laughs> how dare you um uh just one person's opinion exactly yeah but what i love is um in a lot of ways right reason to believe ends the album and the very title you know we have reasons to believe, right? Right. At the end of every hard-earned day. Yeah. Yep. And I think that's, the you know, as dark as that album is, you know, it, it sits there. That's amazing. Very early on, and I, I was trying to get the word out about what Bruce Funds was about, mm -hmm. uh, I did borrow from Bruce, and I said, uh, uh, we are a reason to believe yes um that springsteen fans take care of their own yeah um it's it's true it's you have to have you know the world the world is always going to be a challenging place yeah and you have to have something whatever it is for you mm -hmm. or a few things yeah for you that you go to that are your 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 well sources for for sustaining yourself right. and you, you have to have that reason to believe absolutely absolutely um so the hope 
is he's going to hit the road again in 2016. Um, <laughs> not not because you're going to have to go find tickets, but um, it's been well, too long. Because we all, yeah, it, we all want him to we're, tour. We're, sure. we're subtlers thing. I mean, that's <laughs> right. Um, that is, um, you know, and, and one of the things that I didn't know till 2014 is it's a thing to wanting to hear a song live. Yes. Do you know how that term came about? No. No, tell me. Oh, that came about specifically from Twitter. Yes. Or we would we would all be sitting around and we would watch the set list. Somebody would re- would report in, would tweet out who, who what the set list was as they were watching it. Yeah, and, and so I'm going to stop you right there. Yeah. I don't know if that happens on other shows with other artists. But right. But I know that if you're near Twitter, I mean, I was at, you know, you're sitting there and, you know, people are sitting there every song that's coming and you can just fall and go, oh, wow. OK, OK. You know, yes, you you can see just how different it is from one yeah. one night to the next. Mm-hmm. Um, so set, we were. We were waiting for the set list. Yes. And we were lusting. Yes. So <laughs> set lusting yes. was born. There there it is. So Yeah. And so um I I was torn between this or Bruce Buds. <laughs> and so I decided that set lusting worked perfect. And so I am certainly not uh claiming any uh, originality. No, 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 so no. All good. do you have a few songs you are hoping to see him perform live? Or is there oh. one that you really wanted to hear and you were so happy when you did i got those i i got those a long time ago um he he was always very good to boston yes which is where i first started seeing him okay um i got my drive all night i got my jungle land i got my um the promise yeah um the things that i'll that i want that i'll never get i mean i'm all i'm okay with that yeah I'm okay with the things I'm never going to get. Yeah. Uh, they're completely obscure. Right. And and I understand that some songs won't work well live in right. front of, you know, 60,000 people. But I would love to hear uh, When You Need Me. Yeah. And The Way and uh, Mary Queen of Arkansas. Mm-hmm. I mean, never mind what that song is about. Yeah. I like it because of the way he sings it, which yeah. is so very earnestly mm-hmm. and and broken down and basic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm I am more of an acoustic Bruce probably than yeah. I am of a rock and roll yeah. E Street Band Bruce. Um, but I'll take him any way he wants to play. So um, if he wants to come out and sing the the newspaper with yeah. a, with a guitar, I'll pay to go see it. So. Yeah. I'm I'm not picky. Um, uh, I would love, um, and I he did it a couple of times, but not with him. This is your sword. I do love that song a lot. Um, you know, I uh, my wife's name is Linda, so obviously Linda, let me be the one would be a big you know kick. Um, and so and there's others. You know, I I would probably you know lose it. Um, you know, if he did Jolie Blanc. Or, you know, something obscure um, that, you know, I'd love to hear The Wish live, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so um, what was interesting is I had never heard Thunder live, Thunder Road live. Mm. In my first um, seven shows, I had never heard him do Thunder Road. Wow. And then um, 
And then when he was in Dallas, he ended the show with Thunder Road and uh, Patty kind of sang harmony. And then my friend Sam saw him in Cincinnati and he did Dream Baby Dream at the end with the pump organ. Mm-hmm. And every sh- the other two shows I saw always ended with Thunder Road, and I was like, "Okay, be careful what you wish for," because I would have loved to hear him do Dream Baby Dream. <laughs> but I'm like, "Look, you fat sob, you cannot complain about not hearing Thunder Road and then get it three times." Okay, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> but uh, that's hilarious. Um, so this has been wonderful. Thank you so much. I, I Oh Jesse, I had a blast. I this hope is- you've enjoyed the discussion and you told some great stories. So if someone wants to reach you just to find out more information or to, you know, talk Bruce with you, how can they reach you? Well you can go to brucefunds.org. That's uh B R U C E F U N D S dot O R G. Okay. And uh, there's a way to email me on there. You just click that email and uh, comes right up. So you can also find us on Twitter at Bruce Funds. Yes. And um, are you going to be able to say no if there's a 2016 tour? You know, I don't know what the future yeah. is for Bruce Funds. Um, I really wasn't prepared for the momentum of it, and if I do it again. I have to be prepared to handle it. Yeah. I mean, it really drained me personally. Oh, I imagine. As much as it filled my spirit to help others, the time zones, especially the Australian time zones, flipped me upside down so much. I didn't know, you know, whether I was coming or going. It's it's like being on every night of the tour. Yes. Just like the band is. And um and the way that tickets are being sold now more yeah. and more paperless. Yes. You know, when it's paperless, you it really hinders um right. being able to give the ticket away. And and I know so, one good thing, Donna, is um the smallest percentage, uh I don't even know if you could calculate it, of feedback and interactions you got was negative. Right. You've shared with me um, when we were talking, you shared a couple of things that were less than helpful, but you were quick to point out that that was so the exception. Maybe two percent. I mean, 98 percent was enormously positive, including from from the official camp. You know, Bruce and, and John Landau, they could have shut this down. Yeah. Um, but E Street Radio was incredibly supportive, um, always plugging us up, plugging away for us on, on the radio. And um, I mean, who knows if if it, if he tours again? I mean, I have thought about working uh, closely with maybe some nonprofit shelters, yeah. some veterans groups. Someone um, who can give you it, some administrative support. Right. Or who can w- help to find the fans. Yeah. The hardest part really was was having the tickets and not find not being able to find sure. fans. I bet. So, I mean, if if I could um, find if I could hook up with some groups and have yeah. them in place. Right. You know, the one veteran group in Pennsylvania that that I did work with for Hershey, mm-hmm. they were so excited. They wanted more. Yeah. You know, they say, oh, well, please keep us in mind next time he goes out on tour. Sure. You know, that if we have loads of people who would have loved to have gone. That's awesome. So, you know, that sort of thing. I'm I'm thinking about that okay. in the back of my head as I as I write down the lessons learned, so to yes, speak. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we'll I, see what I, um, I, 
I hope that you end up writing this story and throwing it on Amazon and um, you can sell it and all the money goes to Bruce Funds uh, and that you're doing this many years ahead. Um, that's great. Um, I'm so happy. And um, so, listeners, if you want to be on the podcast and talk about Bruce and all that implies, uh, Donna set a pretty high bar, but we're not in a competition. Each of us have our unique story to share, and I hope you've enjoyed hearing the story as much as I have. But if you want to be on, email us at set. Lusting Bruce, S E T L U S T I N G B R U C E at gmail.com. We are also at Set Lusting Bruce on Twitter. And I'm going to thank Donna. And I'm going to thank you, Jesse. Honestly, anybody who wants to do this, Jesse is a breeze to talk to. So <laughs> Thanks. Don't and, be afraid. And I'm going to close this. Um, I picked this specifically for you. This shield will protect your sacred heart. The sword will defend from what comes in the dark. Should you go weary on the battlefield, well, do not despair. Our love is real. Thank you, guys. We'll talk to you soon. Bye. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.